Which maybe we should actually just start talking before we start recording. Well, whatever. <laughs> I guess it's fine. I mean, I just was trying to figure out where exactly to take this. Well, this is going to be uh, more of a more of an update episode. I, I do have quite a few of those to sort of to sort of give the audience some degree of knowledge as to where the direction of the show is going to be going. So, welcome to the Story of America. And uh, today, my co-host, Rhett, and I have spent a, a substantial period of time at Barnes & Noble just browsing around and have gathered quite a few ideas to do some shows on, especially since that uh, we're going to start doing shows independently of one another, as well as at least two a week with us together. That's, at least that's the plan plans don't always go out the way they're supposed to be going, but that's the plan, that's the model that we've got set up right now. And I know that Brett has been particularly interested in C.G. Young. And from what I have been able to to grasp from our discussions of it, I think it would be a very interesting read and a very interesting series. I, I I plan on continuing the series on the journey to America, the journey of the West, and bring us up to modern history. And as I begin to find other things that interest me at the time, I may stop and completely do something differently. Uh, uh, what, what say you on some of the ideas that you've come up with tonight? Like, well, like I was telling you earlier, I'm considering doing a series on depth psychology and, and Carl Jung's writings. Um, I mean, as far as, you know, he's not the only psychologist that I, I know that I'm familiar with the material of, but he's definitely the most interesting. Because, um, you know, he's, he's kind of got like a, he's kind of like a, a shaman scientist. Like he's he's just like a mystical kind of a modern shaman. That that would be a good name for him. He's very yeah. You certainly wouldn't call him the QAnon shaman. (laughs) Well, no, no, not that guy. Um, you know, one of the like a medicine man, like a witch doctor. Not like a witch doctor. Okay, that's that one. You know, I I feel so. I feel in some ways offended by that remark. you know, which doctors happen to which doctors happen to be a part of my uh, heritage, so to speak. Oh, <laughs> well, you don't you don't know the bone through the nose and the uh, the zahuti and no, I <laughs> usually associate witch doctors with like Brazil, mm. like South America. I I more so associate them with Jamaica. Well, I suppose I, it's I get. I guess that would be. The, I guess that means we are offending Kamala Harris then, which to to which I would say, Kamala. Uh, full Kamala. offense. Kamala, Kamala, yeah, Kamala toe. Oh my God. <laughs> um. toe Harris, just like uh, Pocahontas, who who we haven't talked about on the show yet, because um, she's not relevant anymore. Elizabeth Warren. Um, but I do, I, I do wonder, uh, 
as somebody who has a significantly larger portion of Native American blood in you than Pocahontas did, uh, <laughs> what do you think about uh, about Warren? About Elizabeth Warren? I I feel like she probably she probably got to, you know everybody when they're young gets told they had. As far as I know, I mean, she probably just got told that as a kid and just went with it. And then she used it in college to get, like, you know, a scholarship or something. And and then everything falls apart when a DNA test happens and it comes out that she actually was lied to. And so because of somebody lying to her, she turned around and lied to all of us. She's just paying it forward, I guess. Focahontas, I... I Elizabeth Warren is someone who is, you know, it, that's, it, you can't listen to her speak anymore. All, all you think about when you see her is, she lied about being Native American, dude. <laughs> like, I don't want to listen to anything you're saying. Like, if you lied about that, you, you know, as something as simple as your heritage, you know, of course that's not all she lies about, but... That's a humiliating thing to be known for, dude. It's like you thought you were Indian, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole world knows now. And then at the same time, you're advocating for the change of the Washington Redskins football team name. Uh, though, even though I don't look it, I have a, I have a lot more Native American to be than Pocahontas does. Than our little well, one does. She had any? Yeah, I mean, she, no, she, she had. She had less than two. She had less than point two percent. Well. I had more than that too, but see, whenever I had take, I took my DNA test years, a couple years ago, and Ancestry DNA is continually updated, and every once in a while they'll give a new ethnicity estimate because the genes, they get more specific with the with their. Like I, they haven't changed, but it's just like narrowed, down, to more specific areas. So. Um, I don't have a majority anything, but 37% of my DNA is Scotland, which is, is it was a little bit surprising to me. And then 34% is uh, England and Northwestern Europe. And then there's a, there's a chunk of Irish in there, and then um, after that, it's like Germanic Europe, and then... Cameroon and uh, Congo and the and the Western Bantu peoples, and then uh, everything that everything after that is less than one percent, and the Native American is is less than one percent. But you know, I don't know exactly what point what my dad had more than that, but yeah, I had more black and Indian. I probably have more Native American than me than I than I realized because it I didn't realize the. Um, the connection between Mr. Hunt, who was a neighbor of ours who lived down the street, and my grandmother, and come to find out that reason why her last name is Hunter uh, is because his last name is Hunt, and it turns out that he is her father, and he happens to be Cherokee. So, about two generations down the line, out comes me. So yeah. I've got a little bit more in me than I than I would think to take a DNA test. I should. You know, I thought, I used to think that I actually, before I took the DNA test, obviously, I just guessed. But I I thought I had a little bit more Native American in me than that. My dad does, but mine's less than 1%, so it doesn't show up on Ancestry DNA anymore. But 
I didn't know I had any African in me. I didn't. I mean, obviously, I'm from the South, so you know, it makes sense that I have West African blood. Hey, everybody has some African in them. In the South, maybe. I mean, there's, there's still really. I looked up the statistics on this, and most people, most white people, don't actually have any admixture with Indian or Black or Native American. Um, but, but a lot of the white people in the South have both have small percentages of both and of course majority European but it's only in the, the southeastern states where that's common. Which would make sense. It does. That's, that's an area that's relative to, particularly to um, Native Americans. Uh, since, since we're on this topic about updates on, on the show uh, I should I should like to begin by asking uh, on these mini series that we that we're going to be doing separately between uh, between each other um, the duration of time how how long do you think there should be like each episode yeah roughly speaking. I don't know I mean really it's just going to depend on you know I'm probably going to have to you know type an essay up for each one. And it just depends on how long it takes to get through something like that. I mean, I might just make an outline and then speak extemporaneously. That's um, sort of how I did. Uh, but uh, though I would give, I would give exposition after the fact of the reading. Yeah, I don't. I'd like to actually narrow it down considerably, so that it's a very specific topic. And that, you know, but it's like a deep dive, like, but it can only be so specific because at a certain point you have to, ideas kind of latch on to other ideas and you don't know where it's going to take you. But the point of this, these episodes is not to chase rabbits. It's to get to the point and actually try to learn something and convey information about a specific topic. And I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. I, I, I think this gives us a better opportunity to have another outlet on particular topics that, uh, that we find interesting that may not interest the other. Like for instance, I'm not saying that I'm going to do this, but well, I actually am going to do this because Monday is my birthday and I will be doing a show on my interest on Monday. Uh, and I'll be recording it for, I don't know how many, how long it's going to be. I might do it all day if I don't, if I decide not to go to work. Um, but for instance, if I, I am very particularly interested in paleontology, paleontology it's a, uh, it's what I went to school for. It's what I find most interesting. It's what I get the most enjoyment out of studying. But it doesn't necessarily come up in conversation a lot. Yeah, not very often. It's not like... It's, it's not one of those mass appeal topics, really. It's very... Uh, you know, every once in a while you'll hear something about, you know, something, but it's rare. Even yeah, in the news. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... I mean, how often do they actually discover a new dinosaur? 
I mean, it probably happens more than we know, but it happens more than know. we do, more than we give credit to. It's the, 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 the I suppose the problem would be is that in the vein of discovering new dinosaurs and new species of dinosaur, uh, we're finding a lot of small ones, and the small ones don't excite anybody. They're not. Yeah, they're not exciting. The big, but the problem with the big ones is, is that we're only finding one or two bones having to piece together an entire dinosaur. Like for instance, Argentinosaurus. We we know Argentinosaurus to be the largest of cephalopod dinosaurs, currently, based off of three or four bones. And then we That's... we've discredited Amphicelius frigillimus and Brucheosaurus from being the largest dinosaur because they only had one or two bones that were destroyed in war, and now all we have is the drawings of of the one or two bones. So they've been discredited. If they weren't discredited, for instance, Amphicelius regillimus will easily be the largest animal that's ever lived on the planet uh, in, term of, in term of length. Uh, maybe in, in, yeah, I don't know anything about what you're talking I mean, And Brucheoctosaurus would have been the largest by mass. I think the, uh, the estimates were that Amphicelius would have been around... 200 feet in length uh, at about 100 tons but Brucoctosaurus uh, would have been around 139 feet in length and it would have had an estimated weight of over 120 tons or so which may making it heavier than even the blue whale but because they've, you know, the science has changed, and uh, we don't have enough evidence to support those particular claims, so things like that change. But I find those things interesting, and so it gives me an opportunity to talk about things that interest me that may not necessarily interest Red. And in the same vein, the Red will talk about things that may not necessarily interest me. Uh, so I guess I guess to say on Monday. You, the episode probably won't come out on Monday because I have, it takes me a little while to edit things, particularly when I have a busy work schedule. Uh, but on Monday, I will be doing a recording on just a lot of the topics that I'm interested in. Paleontolo paleontology, uh, cryptozoology, one of my favorites. I love thinking about the unknown. I know a little bit about cryptozoology. Uh, you know, well, I used to be... Uh, Around the time that we met, actually, in sixth grade, I used to be super obsessed with cryptids and stuff. So yeah. Me and Adam would, uh, we used to make comic books, and I had this whole team that I made up, and it was about this, it was like Paranormal Squad or something like that. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was Mothman, the Jersey Devil, and for some reason I put this, I put the Hydra in there, but... I know that's not a cryptid at all, but Hydra would be more Hydra, a mythological well, see, but monster. The Hydra that I had wasn't even a multi-headed monster; it was just like a big snake. That would be more like the Scylla, more like a basilisk or something. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was the, the Jersey Devil, and there was a. I don't know. I don't remember who else was on that squad, but um, Noah made up a character named Dude Guy. A dude Guy. Yeah. It, okay. So. The thing about dude guy is that he was George Washington. He had a George Washington head, rather. And he had, like, the body of a donkey 
and like the tail of a rabbit. Big guy. And he had straight line eyes like Brock on the original Pokemon series. <laughs> he just had the, you know, like his eyes are closed, like super Asian. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, for the most part, like Bigfoot and the Yeti and all that, I think they might have been in there too. Um, but it is one of those topics just like UFO site like ufology as they call it um, is that actually it's another one of those topics term, right? yeah. it's another one of those topics that attracts a bunch of you know insane people <laughs> it's one of those topics that's very attractive to just like conspiracy government conspiracies it's very attractive to people who are schizophrenic well I, but I say the lure of cryptozoology at the very least is that a lot of the animals that that we know now started off that way. For instance, the giant squid and colossal squid. Yeah, some of them did. But, uh, you know, the, all the all the cryptids that are like the the more the the, the stranger like the, ones. Like, uh, though I think I think I found uh, what might what might be uh, a, a reasonable answer for the Jersey Devil. I, I think at least uh, uh, what well, what is it? Silver fox, or is that what it was called? Uh, it's a giant species of bat that looks almost like what you would think would be considered a dirty devil. Well, you know what? The only problem is, is that it it would be tremendous a tremendous devil. difference from where it came from in uh, in northern Africa to get to New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, El Chupacabra turned out to be what, like a wolf with mange or a dog with mange? Oh, it was some type something. of hybrid between wolf and coyote, but something that has never been seen in nature before. So. It's, a, it's its own subspecies of animal. Though oh, it doesn't look okay. any, it doesn't look anything remotely like some of the other depictions of uh, chupacabra being that having spines. In some cases, some chupacabras in uh, Puerto Rico were known to have wings and were able to fly uh, for short distances. So, you know, depictions of things change. Of course, then there are some things like the Flatwoods Monster of 1955, which has never been seen again, which many people have uh, explained away as an owl, though some people just say it may have been another UFO thing. But I, th but I find those things to be particularly interesting. And I Dude, there's some actually very, very convincing UFO stories. And they're, it's really hard to get past some of that stuff because it's just like, you know, this... Even if, but I know it's possible for somebody to seem credible and still be bullshitting, but, um, you know, it's, it's harder to dismiss whenever, you know, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, Travis Walton story. You know, I used to live near this area, but he was a, a lumberjack in, in Snowflake, outside of Snowflake, Arizona, in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest, and that, when I lived in Arizona, that's basically the area that I lived in um, but there his story involved him and five other people one night out cutting down trees and uh, they all saw this bright light and they just decided to go and then Travis got out of the truck and walked up to it and all of a sudden there's this blue beam of light or something and he gets knocked back and all of a sudden he's gone and the guy was missing for like a week. The police were searching for him. He was legitimately missing. And all five of the other guys who were with him, they have exactly the same story. And it hasn't changed. And he was really missing. 
and then he randomly turned up on the side of the road. I mean, it's kind of hard to dismiss that. I mean, how would you... It just, to me, at that point, you got to use Occam's razor. Would it be harder to fake this and make it seem this convincing? Or just that, would it be easier to truth? That's the easier explanation to me, but I don't know what to make of it. And, and that's what makes it, that's what makes this topic so much fun, so so it's in, uh, so interesting to me. Uh, and that's the reason why I'm planning on doing a couple of episodes like that for my for my birthday, a gift to myself. Uh, it doesn't matter if anybody watches them or not, they will be gifts to me, and I will enjoy it. Uh, well, we've, we've got about 10 minutes left on this particular little short that we're doing, so... Uh, I do have a couple of books that are coming to me uh, for my birthday. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Conflict of Visions by Thomas Sowell. Uh, a friend of mine has to get me that for my birthday, and she's having it mailed to me. So, have you read any of his other books? Oh, I've I've listened to all of them through eBooks, but I don't own them physically. That's why I'm buying the physical copies this time. And. Discriminations and Disparities, wonderful book. That one's at the bookstore where we just left, Barnes & Noble. Uh, Basic Economics is there too, but that's the only two that they have there. So she's ordering them off Amazon. So Conflict Divisions, Thomas Sowell considered that to be his best one. So I'm going to read that one. I've, I've listened to it before, but it's different when you actually have it physical and you can take time to go back over particular parts and sections and digest it on your own. Yeah, I like, I like listening and reading at the same time because I feel like the information stays with me more that way. If, yeah, I, have, if I have it to look at and hear, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm of a similar opinion. Um, I, I retain information almost permanently when I read it myself. Yeah, me too. I, I have a really good memory as well. It was almost like a cheat code in school. Yes. I mean, it was semi-photographic. Yeah, it was It was just like, man, I don't even have to study. I just remember everything. I don't know how I'm doing this. But it's crazy. Wow. I guess I just got lucky. I mean, the only time that I ever had to try was when it was time to remember particular equations in mathematics. Yeah. yeah. Particularly I'm when the same way because I just find math so boring, so... I didn't pay attention. Particularly when I started doing calculus and having to find the limit of something. Oh, that messed me up so badly because I was, I, I, I like structure, I like rules. And when they gave me calculus and there's no rules, there's no equations, there's no numbers. I'm like, what am I doing? Where are you getting these numbers from? You pull it and there's like, it's magic math. You pull it out, it's in there. apply math to the real world, all of a sudden it doesn't make any sense. Well, actually, it makes perfect logical sense. I get that, but the problem is the things that you're trying to measure and calculate, just they don't follow the same abstract rules as algebra or geometry, and you're never going to find a perfect geometrical shape in the world. I mean, you might get close, but, you know, moving objects, weird shaped things, trying to bring an abstract concept like mathematics into the real world, you know, it gets pretty good. Annoying. Yes, yes. Uh, and same same thing with chemistry. I love the experimentation. I hate redox formations and stoichiometry. Oh, oh, I hate redox and stoichiometry. But I find everything else fascinating about chemistry. 
except for the work that that, that you have to do in order to yeah. in order to test your hypothesis. And All right. Well, see, that's why I'm I'm pretty interested in chemistry as well, especially neurochemistry. Um, you know, I'm I'm you know psychology. That's my pretty much my main area of interest. In neuroscience, but then anything else that relates to that, like psychopharmacology, the way the drugs affect the brain, and neurochemistry, this, you know, studies neurotransmitters and whatnot, biochemistry, um, and I find physics fascinating as well, astrophysics, quantum physics, um, but while I do have a, a pretty decent working understanding of most of how physics works and different theories I, I understand how they work and I understand what they are but I just you know I never wanted to get I never wanted to fully dive into the practice of physics or chemistry because of because I just I feel like the math involved would just make it not fun for me anymore just boring like you know, I find math to be the most boring thing imaginable I, I am very similar. The only time math has ever been interesting to me, as I told you before, was when I was in when I was in college, and my teacher, Mr. Ross, would preach mathematics, and he made it so interesting, so interesting. That was the only time math has ever piqued my interest. I actually looked forward to going to math class just because of I was interested to see how Mr. Ross would teach it. Yeah, I never had a teacher that made math interesting. I just didn't think it was possible. I mean, I just, I did okay in it, but, you know, I just, when you have to struggle to pay conscious attention to something you do not find interesting, it's, it's, it's like torture. It's like psychological torture. Geometry yes. was the easiest that, that, for me by far, and it was, you know, I mean, that like was school geometry. to me. That was school to me in a nutshell, particularly high school. Uh, I, I skated through high school because I slept through all my classes because I was so bored with everything. But you know what? <laughs> Strangely, I I wrote a lot of books and a lot of pieces of the information that I have now while I was in school. In classes that I didn't find interesting, and rather than listening to a lesson, I wrote. <laughs> and it go, it's funny because you're like, oh, well, you're you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're rebelling against the process. Well, you know, if they made it, if they made the topic interesting to me, I wouldn't have a need to fill that time with something. But it, but it really comes down to the teacher, I believe. That's not so much the subject, but the teacher and the methods that they use in keeping the attention of the class. Yeah, most teachers, period, are just bad at that. I mean, I, I, I suppose most of them are... Well, I would I say most, most modern... teachers don't actually teach. I would say most modern teachers, because all they do is regurgitate information. But before, when teachers actually allowed yeah, to teach... Some don't even do that. Some just take, say, hey, read this and fill out this sheet, and that's it. Yeah, but, you know, the glorified be babysitters. Before, I, like I said before, you know, we're kind of the last generation to before this indoctrination really started coming in. 
but yeah. uh, teachers are actually allowed to teach in the in the different the three different major forms of teaching. You know, visual, auditory, and kinetic. And you know that 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 I think that difference made it easier for us to learn and for the teachers to teach. But now they have to just do it the Common Core way. And the teachers don't. The teachers hate it, and yeah. the students hate it, and the parents definitely hate it. Oh man, yeah. This we saw that, you know, at a fever pitch in Loudoun County, Virginia. Man, the stuff that went down there, it's just unspeakable. Hmm. I don't know why that was like the epicenter, and then the Democratic candidate for well, McCall looks like McCall. Yeah, this dude—he dared to say that. He dared to. It's like you hear somebody say something like that, and you just can't believe they just said that because yeah. it should be—it obvi- should be obvious no to them. Right? It should be obvious to them that saying something like that will, will lose them an election. Yes. Just uh, that. The com- common sense is lost. Oh no, we have about one minute left to go here, so uh, thirty seconds go. Well, I guess we just just go ahead and wrap it up then. All right. Well, uh, this this has been a nice update on what we what we're planning on doing uh, in recent episodes. Uh, I hope that you all would continue to join us and give us your support. Join us on our Discord. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube when we become available and start streaming there a little we bit more. We need to start start sharing this in, in like podcasting groups on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I seen that you joined it. Yeah, I joined like four of them. So we're gonna be we're gonna be sharing our, our stuff with there. So like l- like it, view it, and share it with as many people as you can. That helps us uh, with our logistics and gives us more support. So thank you guys for listening and peace out. <laughs>